Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubbs at the Club, your uh, University of Idaho affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host this week, Brian Marceau, joined today by fellow co-host and full-time producer, seducer down in Moscow, Martin Heemstra. Martin, how's it going, dude? It's going great. It's, it's warmed up a little bit since the snow we had over in Moscow recently, but I am doing good, and it's it's the holiday season. Yeah, you guys are in for maybe a treat. It's the Marceau Martin Amateur Hour here. Uh, we still have football news we're talking about, guys. Honestly, some University of Idaho football news made today. So we'll just jump right ahead into Around the Bar, brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. If you're watching live on the YouTubes, as some might say, we've already given the news away. If you're listening via podcast, we have some huge, and I really mean this, huge football news for University of Idaho for the 2023 season. We look, Jason Eck talked on the show a couple weeks ago about maybe we'd have some 2023 schedule news for the Vandals, specifically that D2 game against Western Oregon. And we have news next season, University of Idaho will not play a single non D1 football game. The Vandals were able to uh, ditch Western Oregon in place. Vandals are going to travel to Beaumont, Texas on August 31st to play Lamar. Lamar University. Martin, can you tell me what their logo is? I have the screen zoomed in so I can see their it's, logo. It's a bird that's red. It, it's a card. It's a, it wants to say they're the Lamar Cardinals. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll put our crack te- research team on that uh, until further notice. We're going to call them the Lamar Cardinals. And you know what, Martin? Maybe while I'm doing some research on that Lamar logo, uh, maybe you can give a little background on who is Lamar for, for Vandal fans. Because, look, they're out of the Southland. There's no way the average Vandal who c- gives a shit about the Vandals gives a shit about Lamar. Who are they? Well, they are a team that was, as Brian said, they are out of the Southland Conference. They they are conference foes. They played uh, against who Idaho lost to in the playoffs, uh, Southeast Louisiana. They did have a cup of coffee in the WAC football conference for a little bit, but they uh, decided to come back to the Southland that are now uh, doing absolutely terrible, having lost to the fighting Ed McCaffrey's of Northern Colorado, 14 to 21 last this past season. Yeah. So in the comment thread, we already have Kevin Rittenauer. And if Kevin, if that's Rittenauer, my bad. Uh, saying no disparaging D2, but this makes me very happy. Jason Mayer, he's part of our crack research team. He says, pretty sure it's a Lamar Penguin. And full disclosure, Jason's very, very close. Uh, it is a Cardinal. Turns out Martin Nudy was talking about. Uh, so, yeah, Lamar goes 1-10 last season. Uh, only win came against Nickel State. Nickel State went 3-8 and eight on the season last year on the Southland. Uh, when Martin says Lamar was in the whack for a cup of coffee, he really means for what a single season at max and jump back into the Southland. Uh, we'll talk, we'll hit the whack a sun later this, this episode, because there's been some instability in that conference and it looks like there might be some more as well. Um, I got to say, obviously this is a huge, huge win for Idaho to get the D2 game off the schedule uh, playoffs. Look, if Idaho is going to be good, like Idaho was good this last season, if there's, any sort of upward trajectory schedules got to be made with playoffs in mind and phase one of getting the, the playoff having playoffs in mind is getting rid, rid of the, the D two game. But the other thing, Martin, 
I love that Lamar is terrible. Look, Lamar honestly might be worse than Western Oregon going one in 10 in, in, you know, in FCS play. I'm not saying they exactly are. Lamar was competitive with Northern Colorado losing 20, 21, 14. But this look, big sky teams don't have to care about out of conference strength of scheduling because, you know, Idaho next season is going to play Montana, Montana state, Sacramento state, Weber state because of that. The, look, the, who Idaho plays out of conference is, is irrelevant. No matter what, Idaho's going to finish with a probably top 20 or uh, top 25 at worst strength of schedule just based off of playing the big sky teams. So getting a gimme win in the out of conference, that's what the out, that's what teams do in the out of conference. Look at what Montana did, scheduled three gimmies in the out of conference, and that's how they got in the playoffs. So, Martin, any any last things you want to add about the Lamar? Well, it's a series, and Martin, thank yep. you for having that graphic up. Uh, the, the one downside for Idaho is this is a road game, which means the Vandals are going to have four home games this upcoming season. The typical number is five. I'm fine with this trade. Idaho will reciprocate and host Lamar in Moscow on September 12, 2026. So it's a home and home just takes a few years to uh, deliver on the Moscow game. Uh, but any, any thoughts, last thoughts, Martin, you have on this change to Idaho's upcoming schedules. I am excited. Like it's nice to have, easy out of conference game instead of just sandbag getting punched in the stomach. Like, and again, like I don't like looking ahead at all, but like the whole, like this does more or less complete their 2026 home schedule with Lamar, Abilene Christian, Sac state and Montana, Eastern and Montana state. So the 2026 is going to be a hell of a home schedule for the Vandals. Well, and you brought it up. You're right. Like 2026 is a long ways away, but for those, for hardcore FCS fans, what you just heard Martin say is in 2026, Idaho has two out-of-conference FCS games with Abilene Christian, too. So, look, the schedule's moving in the right direction. You know, you pair, pair traveling to Lamar, a shitty FCS team, with Idaho. One of their uh, FBS games next season is against Nevada, a right-now shitty FBS team. So, relative to only having one FCS game, that's a... You know that I mean, being a Nevada team is going to be would be an upset for sure, Martin. But Nevada's a gettable FBS team. I mean, Sac State beat the shit out of Colorado State, which is to say, bad Mountain West teams can absolutely lose to good Big Sky teams. Uh, which you know, I'm going to use that, Martin. That's our transition. We're talking about the Big Sky because there's there's non-Idaho news really scattered throughout the last week or so. Uh, pretty big changes in the in the Big Sky as far as uh, who's going to be running what programs. Uh, five, five schools are going to be in the market for a new head coach. We're going to start kind of at the top Weber state head coach. Jay Hill has, has left Weber state. He's going to become the defensive coordinator at Brigham young university, which Jay Hill had been an off season target of a lot of, a lot of teams in the, in the FBS, usually mountain West type of quality for a while. Jay Hill's a picky dude. And he finally, he finally decided to go with BYU. Sacramento State head coach Troy Taylor. He's head coach at Stanford now. We talked previously on the show about uh, Northern Colorado fired Ed McCaffrey. Well, they hired a dude named Ed Lamb, who, who's a Big Sky Conference veteran. Um, Sacramento State, sorry, jumped ahead, Martin. Sacramento State hired defense. They promote, promoted internally with uh, defensive coordinator Andy Thompson becoming the new head coach at Sacramento State. Cal Poly uh, lost Bo Baldwin to offensive coordinator at Arizona State. They promoted internally. Uh, their offensive line coach, Paul Wolf is now head coach at Cal Poly, uh, a guy who's not new to the Palouse. And 
the Charlie Ragle bails on Idaho State after one season, and they hire UC Davis, former UC Davis offensive coordinator Cody Hawkins, 34 year old Cody Hawkins, easily youngest head coach in the conference. Uh, so, Martin, we look, that was a big, big dump in news. Five, five schools are in play. Four, four have named their head coach. Weber State has not yet named their head coach. But, question I have for you on the name, on all the coaches we just named as head coaches. Who right now of, of the names that you just heard in your mind, hot take, who is, who is the best hire? Uh, just for me, looking off of just resume alone, I think, like, I, I think like the reg, like, what Ed, the hire of Ed Lamb at Northern Colorado is the, is what stands out to me. Yeah. Ed Lamb uh, coached at Southern Utah from 2008 to 2015. Then he left Southern Utah. He was a special teams coordinator at BYU. So uh, kind of big sky conference, uh, big 12 now trade of Ed Lamb leaves BYU. <clears throat> Jay Hill joins BYU except Jay Hill's defensive coordinator. But no, I got to agree as in Ed Lamb has been successful, not just in the big sky, but at places that are hard to be good at in the big sky, coaching at Southern Utah in the big sky from 2012 to 2015 during Ed Lamb's tenure. Uh, Southern Utah in those four seasons under Lamb goes five and six, eight and five, three and nine, eight and four, made the playoffs twice, both the years and won eight games. And in 2015, that eight and four Southern Utah team went seven and one in the big sky, actually won a big sky conference championship at Southern Utah, which is uh, pre- look, that's a pretty damn impressive feat. Just winning big sky title anyway, Martin, but at a school like Southern Utah, I mean, I've jokingly been calling Ed Lamb the compass now that he's at his second big sky directional school starts South has North. Hey, compass always points North. Good call, man. Uh, but Ed Lamb immediate credibility to Northern Colorado immediate stability and honestly i feel like northern colorado punched way above their weight class in grabbing ed lamb we talked last you know martin in our coaching search last year before we knew jason neck was on the table if idaho had announced they hired ed lamb i would have said idaho made a good call so to me huge win for northern colorado in picking up ed lamb want to ask Want to shift, not touch talking coaching candidates, though you can bring one up, or new head coaches, you can bring one up. There's two teams on this list of, of schools with new coaches that are not like the other three, and that's Weber State and Sacramento State. Sacramento State won the Big Sky for the th- or share of the Big Sky for the third year in a row. Weber State had won a share of the Big Sky for four years in a row, heading into last in, into the 2021 season. Which team are you most do you think it's most concerning for that they're losing a you know for the program historically good head coach Weber State or Sacramento State? I as far as losing their head coaches, I I think I'm gonna go Weber State because I just that's just like I we losing Jay Hill just seems like it's gonna be a more costly to Weber State. Yeah, Jay Hill really – he rebuilt Weber. Um, I'm going to be researching Jay Hill's record right now while we're talking. But Hill was – look, Jay Hill was only good at Weber State. And Weber State's also the only team that has not yet named who their head coach is going to be. I wouldn't be shocked 
if there's internal promotion because of how stable Weber State's been. But it's a real question what direction. Look, we in the comment section, we have – I missed that already, man. Um, Captain58 says, upgrade Ed from Northern Colorado. My bad, Captain. Should have had that on time. Jason Mayer says, dirt cutter to Weber State. Well, maybe. I mean, dirt cutter had been OC at Boise State. Maybe, maybe he wants to just hang around this part of the country coaching teams. Uh, but uh, as a as a head coach, look, Jay Hill takes over Weber State in 2014, goes two and ten. No, no losing seasons after year one. It took three years. No, yeah, it took his third season for Jay Hill to get Weber State to the playoffs. That's 2016. Weber State goes seven and five. The Wildcats are in the playoffs for from 2016 through 2020. Take one year off in 2021, then. Weber State made the playoffs this year, lost in the second round to Montana State. So there's look, there's no way to talk about Weber State football in the Jay Hill time other than to say it was a turnaround and it was a damn fast turnaround. Um, I really am kind of curious about the direction they go because look, Sacramento State wasted no time promoting Andy Thompson, who's been Andy Thompson. This, this is his first big heads head coaching job. He's been in the Big Sky for a while as uh, as a defensive coordinator first at Northern Arizona and second um, at Sacramento state for the last few years. Um, so that's some pretty, some surprisingly good defenses. You might say at Sacramento state in that look, just brain dead people's reaction to Sacramento state's identity is to say very strong offensive team, which is true. But each of the last three seasons, Sac state's been a top three, big sky defensive team. Sac state this year had the big sky conference defensive player of the year in uh, Mapu Marte. Uh, he also is first team all American as well. So uh, even though Sac state kicks ass offensively, Troy Taylor is a very good offensive coach, very smart offensive coach. Uh, that team acquitted itself quite well. You know, Martin, I want to, a thing I'm a little bit curious. I'm kind of concerned if I'm a Sac state fan is Sac state stayed internal in they've already promoted. They've already promoted their uh, former former quarterbacks coach, which of course my, uh, my links that I had up were down, we're down a man, which is going to slow this down. But we Sacramento state already promoted their quarterbacks coach. Oh, his name is Bobby Fresques. I guarantee I spelled that name wrong uh, to be their, their offensive coordinator. I stumbled around on that guys uh, because Sacramento state, they divide their coaching duty heavily into two. Every team obviously subdivides offense and defense, but Sac state was a, a fundamentalist version of this in that Jay in that uh, Troy Taylor, he was the offensive coordinator. He had complete control of the offense, but he purposely had no say in the defense whatsoever. Andy Thompson, their new head coach, he was their defensive coordinator. He had hundred percent say in the defense and then no say in the offense whatsoever in that the team was bifurcated. And uh, I say that Martin, because Troy Taylor was the offensive coordinator. He was a play caller. That's a huge change for Sacramento State. So, you know, you might say they went with stability there. Uh, but I'm a little more concerned as a, if I'm a Sac State fan because there's just no history of being good whatsoever. Now, there's no history of being good for Weber State for a while uh, until Jay Hill came around. So you're right to bring that up as, uh, you know, Jay Hill has been a constant in the Big Sky for a while, constant in Weber State being good. That's part of why Weber's had that defensive identity. Uh, but both these teams, I, I think they're on, look, they're on notice for teams that if you're a Vandal, these are teams we got to get above if Idaho's going to win the big sky. And these two teams suddenly are candidates to not, not be as good next season. doesn't mean they're going to face plant Martin, but 
Two teams lose two very good coaches. That also promotes Jim. Look, Jason Decker's already in discussion for one of the best coaches in the big sky, but two of the guys you might've taken right around Decker above Decker off the table now. So Idaho just by default looks like it's moving up coaching rankings as well. Uh, we have, I want to shift to the, the other three teams. Now those are all nor the Idaho, Idaho state, Cal Poly, Northern Colorado, Martin. Those are all shitty teams from last year. Like that, that's a given. So of those three teams, which higher in your mind is, uh, I don't know, that you might call the safest pick? Out of Cal Poly, Northern Colorado, and Idaho State? Yeah. I, I think the safest, I think, is Paul Wolf at Cal Poly, just promoting, him, promoting from within with him, just with – what he built at Eastern, I think, might have seemed the safest and just a continuity of building up from running a completely 180-ing the offense that Cal Poly was running a triple option offense to a more, I won't say balanced, but just a more a completely different, yeah, a different offense than what they were running before Bo Baldwin was there. Yeah, I I would call Paul Wolf. Even of the internal promotions, so like that includes Andy Thompson, even though I shifted conversation, I'd call Paul Wolf the safest hire. And Paul Wolf's been a head coach for look quite a while. He coached at Eastern from 2000 to 2007, then Washington State from 08 to 11. And just, just side note, Martin, I got to bring this up. This is just one of the weird things about being a college football coach or just any sort of professional coach. Paul Wolf does good enough at Eastern Washington to get a Power five job, power five, his power five tenure doesn't go that well, wins two games, each of his first two seasons, four games, his last season, Mike Leach is the guy who took over after Paul Wolf was fired. Of course, Mike Leach in the news, he passed away recently, which is kind of devastating for the Palouse. Mike Mike Leach uh, really turned around WSU, a guy who uh, everyone on the Palouse is going to identify Mike Leach as a Palouse guy. And us Idaho fans, we're always going to have handshake gate. Uh, between uh, Paul Petrino and Mike Leach. So uh, RIP Mike Leach. But, you know, shifting back, Paul Wolf was Paul Wolf was good enough to get promoted to WSU. Won four games in the Pac-12, which, you know, not, not lighting the world on fire, but there was an upward trajectory. He gets fired from that job, and he doesn't get a head coaching job for a decade, Martin. It's And it's not like Paul Wolf forgot how to do what he does. He was in his seat. Look, in his time at Eastern Washington, Paul Wolf had one losing season, 2006. Eastern goes three and eight. Other than that, every season, Eastern Eastern had a winning record, made the playoffs three times, made a final eight twice uh, in t- 2004 and 2007. So yeah, a pretty pretty damn good background. It's kind of weird too that uh, Bo Baldwin's the guy who succeeded Paul Wolf at Eastern, and now. Paul Wolf succeeds Bo Baldwin at Cal Poly, but that look, I mean, I, I think Cal Poly made the right call here. If, if you believe Bo Baldwin was taking Cal Poly in the right direction, Martin internal promotion is the only way to go. And I, I think it would be quite a waste for Cal Poly to not promote internally. One, when you have a good uh, proven head coach already on your assistant roster, who's ready to take the promotion. But I mean, can you think of what a waste it would be as Cal Poly fan, Martin, to you have that triple option for a long time you bring in Bo Baldwin for depending on how you want to count two seasons, two and a half, whatever he leaves. And then like, what are you going to do? 
you going to go back or like what, what I'm glad they stayed internal so they can at least begin continue the experiment because Cal Poly had looked better in moments. They're at least more fun to watch in my mind. Um, but I guess that that's what I would go with the safe uh, captain 58 comments section saying Wolf is save us. Ed lamb sounds like the most steady pick Hawkins a great idea on paper, but pokey is such a, a hole. I don't know what he'll do. Well, dude, that leads me to the next one. I think their captain stepped on your answer. Martin, what's the riskiest hire? I, he said it best. I think the riskiest is Cody Hawkins at ISU just because it just seems it seems like they tried to go with like a young up and coming guy and just hope it works out. But I I don't know what to expect with this because Cal Poly is literally going to be a build up. You mean Idaho State, of course. Idaho State, yeah. Yeah. Look, look you're not wrong either way. And we could transition back to talking about Cal Poly. That, that's fine with me. So this was weird in that the finalists for Idaho State, uh, if you're a if you're a uh, Patreon.com backslash Tubbs Club member, you you knew who the finalists were for Idaho State quite a while ago. Uh, but the leaked finalists, uh, Greg Woods from uh, he's beat reporter for Idaho State published this. Cody Hawkins, obviously a finalist, and Bruce Barnum out of Portland State was a finalist. Based on the people I talked to, some of the older alums kind of preferred Bruce Barnum because he's. I mean, look, Barnum's friends with essentially everyone in North, in Pacific Northwest football. But, you know, Cody Hawkins, you got to admire that Idaho State at least took a swing. The Charlie Ragle era could not have gone worse in that there's complete roster turnover. Ragle wins a single game, Cal Poly, but Ragle wins a single game. Idaho State gets their ass kicked a thousand times. There was it would never have been fair to compare Idaho to Idaho State as far as first year head coaches anyway, Martin, because Idaho was a much more talented roster. But the the state just having your in state rival Idaho makes such a huge turnaround with with Eck in one year, and then Idaho State looks honestly worse than they did with Fennessey and Fennessey's last year. Hard, and then the dude leaves after one year. Um, you can understand why a safe pick maybe didn't feel appealing. Now, now, Cody Hawkins, he's an Idaho guy, went to Bishop Kelly High School in Boise. Uh, he's obviously been around football forever. He's Dan Hawkins' son at UC Davis. That is how Cody Hawkins got the job at Davis. But unlike the other family tree in the big sky, uh, that's no longer the big sky, uh, Cody Hawkins was good in his time at UC Davis. Davis had the best offense in the big sky last season. Idaho got a front row seat uh, to what that can look like in Moscow. And Davis kind of walked all over the Vandals. But I'm, I'm with you on this does. This feels pretty damn risky. Um, you know, on the positive side, you'd have to think, Martin, Cody Hawkins probably has some pretty good connections to build a staff. And he's going to need to have a pretty strong staff. Uh, whether he can get a strong enough staff to Pocatello relative to what he's going to need, uh, that's a, I think, Martin, that's a real question. But he's going to have connections from his dad coaching forever that other guys wouldn't have. Uh, but I can tell you, if you look on paper, at every other recent Big Sky hire, you even this year, look, you got Ed Lamb won a championship in the Big Sky. Paul Wolf has won a championship in the Big Sky. Andy Thompson didn't win a championship in the Big Sky, but he's been a coordinator for a long time. He's been very good at Sacramento State, and he's been part of their program, so he is continuity. You look at you know Jason Eck at Idaho, very good at South Dakota State for quite a while. Uh, Cody Hawkins stands out for having the thinnest resume because he's young. So 
I guess I, I don't know how you feel about this, Martin. Like I applaud Idaho state for really taking a swing. They need to, they need to do something to energize the fan base. And maybe Cody Hawkins being from Idaho helps explain how he stays there a little bit longer. Um, but of all the fan bases, I think Idaho state should feel like they, um, there's the most margin for error in this pick. How about that? I would agree with that. Yeah. Um, we're still going to wait, still waiting on the Weber state news for sure. Uh, but look, the that's, we're going to have five new head coaches in the big sky, Martin, which is, it's wild to say Idaho with a coach there for one year. They're one of the, they're, they get to be stable heading into next year. Idaho is one of the schools that doesn't have any head, any coaching questions. And look, there's, there's other schools we haven't talked about that do. It's a real question for at University of Montana. Are they going to turn over their offensive coordinator, offensive line coach? Because uh, Montana's been pretty damn unimpressive on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, you know, it's still pretty early to find out about assistants leaving uh, because they want to at other places. But in that Weber State, that's a separate question too because Weber State has there's no real news about what Weber state's going to do. You have to think that internal promotion, Garrett Duff might be a guy. He was a co-defensive coordinator for Weber state last year. He might be a guy in the mix. Uh, Mickey mental offensive coordinator. You'd think might be in the mix. Although mental's only been at Weber state one year, although flip side, Jay Hill was the defensive coordinator for Weber state. So even if you promote a guy internally, it wasn't as, as a defensive coordinator. It wasn't a guy who had the type of coordinator uh, responsibility, Martin, that like Andy Thompson had at Sacramento state or, you know, talking offensively, it wouldn't be a guy who had the type of responsibility that Cody Hawkins had at UC Davis. So yeah. Any, any last thoughts you have that we haven't touched on, on the five coaching hires or the five new, new five places. It's definitely, it's definitely fun to follow all this stuff. And I, think when you go to media day next july it'll be a fun thing to interview all these new head coaches so this is you know mile away miles away i guess this is the way i want to hear hear how you view the head coaches of the the three teams that are going to turn around or two teams that are going to fall back i'm going to use northern arizona or top five portland state as our barometer Based off the new hires, where the team moves up, the team moves down, which of these five teams is going to find themselves in that NAU top five Portland State level next season? So, like, realistically, that would be, like, seven, eight, that kind of range in the big sky? Yeah, like, your ceiling's four and four. You might go three and five. You won't be the worst team in the big sky. You might be that barometer that if the teams beat you, that means they're good. If they lose to you, you suck. I my gut says a uh, Northern Colorado, but I think Sacramento State might have a big drop with who they've who with how much they're losing this year. I just yep. think they're going to be losing a ton. They're going to be a little. There's going to be regression from them. Yeah, offensively they're losing both quarterbacks, Jake Dunaway and Asher O'Hara. Cameron Scadaboo, Big Sky Offensive Player of the Year, enters the transfer portal. Pierre Williams, first team all big sky wide receiver graduates. So there's a lot of offensive turnover for sure. Um, I'm going to go a different direction. Now, I think, look, I think Northern Colorado, man, Ed Lamb's a big deal. Northern Colorado 
look, they picked up a few wins last season. We can put our crack research team on the overall Northern Colorado record, but Northern Colorado was not the least talented team in the big sky, but they were easily the worst coach team. And this is, you know, Ed Lamb's going to bring in, this is going to be something Greeley just hasn't had experience with for a few years. Ed Lamb is going to bring a staff of guys who are professional football coaches of guys who, even if they aren't the best, they at least know what they're doing. They're at least relatively respectable. And Ed Lamb's been good at a, at shitty schools in the big sky. Like again, Southern Utah, he won a big sky championship with Southern Utah and then set the table for Demario Warren to pick up a big sky championship at Southern Utah. That's a, that's pretty damn successful. So I honestly, I mean, you know, Martin, you think having adequate coaching would have bought Northern Colorado at least one win last year? I think one, maybe two. So I, I'm going to honestly, I'm going to look at Northern Colorado too bad. They don't have their long grass anymore to be like real question. Are they going to be able to move up into the top five? Cause Portland state's losing a ton of upperclassmen. And uh, if Portland state's moving down, someone else can move up. Yep. <laughs> well, there we go. Um, we we have one more big football topic to hit on. Uh, and Martin, have you decided on a day for your recruitment special yet? Oh, yep. That's going to have to be next Wednesday when that is signing day. Next Wednesday signing day is Martin special Wednesday. Uh, that Yep, that would be Wednesday, December 21st. That's going to be the Martin signing day special. Big, big deal. So reason just reason I bring that up is um, we do have another football topic to get to. We're not that far from basketball season being the main focal point, but we're look, we have football news. We're going to talk about it. But before we get to that other football news, uh, look, we we have we just got to talk about Hughes River Expeditions, one of our one of our top two sponsors. Uh We'll work, we're working on our top five sponsors, but if you're looking for a great all-inclusive week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal-owned and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on the vacation of a lifetime. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the Middle Fork and the Salmon, the main Salmon River No Return, the Salmon River Canyons, and Selway. Check out special trips like the one to see the Persed Meteor Shower. Camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater hikes, scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, and fish some of the most remote stretches of the river in the country. You just bring in clothes? Let HRE handle the rest. So grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gym state. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. There was another piece of football news we have to talk about. It's a little bit on the speculative side, but the WAC A-Sun conglomeration. It's the other Western, mostly Western, FCS conference. Uh, main news, this was article published on ESPN made the rounds that the WAC A Sun has decided they're going to become an FBS conference as soon as possible. How is the WAC A Sun going to do that? No one has any idea. At this point, the WAC A Sun, it sounds like they're just going to say they're FBS. They're going to start scheduling each other. They're going to ske- they're going to eventually schedule some out of conference games and just say, "Hey, we're going to charge FBS rates because that's what we are now." Uh, there certainly is not an invite from the NCAA extended to the WAC A Sun. There's certainly, now there have been invites to some WAC teams that are leaving the conference, uh, but there have there are no new invites to the rest of the uh, WAC A Sun conglomeration, which when I say WAC A Sun, it's two conferences that were folding and then essentially made a co-op to, to be an actual conference. 
the teams that would be trying to move up out of the WAC faction of the WAC A Sun include Steve Neff Austin, Abilene Christian, Utah Tech, which you guys may know as Dixie State, but is now Utah Tech. A Big Sky favorite, former Big Sky member, Southern Utah and Tarleton State. The Atlantic Sun, that's the A Sun part members, are Austin P, Eastern Kentucky, Central Kansas, and North, North Alabama. And joining Central Arkansas. Central Arkansas. My bad. My bad. The directional schools, man. I'm, I'm not the compass. I, I'm, ju- I'm just reading. And then last team that would join to make it, I believe, I believe numbers 8, 10, whatever, would be UT Rio Grande Valley. So in that, that lineup of heavy hitters, Martin, I guess my first reaction is, what in God's name is your reaction to hearing this? This, to me, sounds like desperation from both conferences, similarly to what happened around 2011, 2010, when the WAC was falling apart and they just tried to throw offers out the door to, like, Texas State, UTSA, Montana, and Montana State. And it just – Montana, Montana State obviously didn't accept, but just them – trying to get some sort of life preserver to stay afloat and try and make football conference work. Yeah, no disagreement. At this point, the WAC A-Sun doesn't even know what they're going to call themselves. Like here's from the ESPN article, a couple bullet points. The goal is for the team to be an FBS conference by the start of the 2024 season. So that's one, one season left. And then I guess they're just FBS. Now, like to their credit, there isn't a formal process for becoming an FBS conference like this. Uh, I know there's revenue sharing in the current, you know, CFP deal and the bull deals, but again, it looks like the WAC A Sun is saying, well, if there's no formal process, we're just going to say we are, and you've got to say we're not. Uh, I don't have much more to add on the process because, because truly there is no process whatsoever. I know like previously on the show on tubs, our show, uh, back when Alex Boatman used to be on, um, he made a, he would talk a little bit about how the WAC is a former FBS t- conference, so they don't technically need an invite. Pretty sure that was what you'd call speculation, because in everything published on this, that has not been touched upon whatsoever. I'm under the impression that because the WAC was an FBS conference, Martin, way before the current deals, that no one cares about the WAC being a former FBS conference. As far as current contracts are concerned, the WAC is a non-FBS conference because that's what it is. Uh, but the conference has to pick a name. And in addition to that, like there's a bit of a transition process in going from FCS to FBS. All the teams would have to go through that as far as potential bowl eligibility, which means they would not be bowl eligible right when they start. Uh, as far as a commitment, these schools have sh- have signed a what ESPN calls a multi-party term sheet agreement, which sounds like a lot of words to say this is a contract, but not a contract, Martin. Uh, in the comments section, we have Captain58 saying whack a son to FBS with a lot of question marks and some laughing faces. Jason Mayer, whack a son decision started with a hear me out. Uh, Steve Kurtz says Simon Fraser to whack a son, make it happen. God damn, yes. Um, Jason Mayer, that or the South Park underpants gnomes one collect underpants two question mark three profit, uh, and then whack. Sorry, Captain Fifty Eight says the whack uh, just needs to fold. Um, as a reference point, just when when I'm we're look we're joking about the whack quality because we saw look Southern Utah was in the Big Sky and they were terrible, and 
honestly, Southern Utah was okay-ish in the WAC. Uh, the top of the WAC, the WAC A Sun. Uh, look, Abilene Christian one sixty-two. That's not terrible. Bottom is Utah Tech that at one ninety-two. That sorry, those are uh, Sagarin ratings. One sixty-two in the Big Sky. Uh, that would have been just above Northern Arizona, well below Idaho. One ninety-two is Portland State-ish. So it's like it's almost an entire conference of Northern Arizona's and Portland States. Uh, that's why we're not exactly taking the whack a sun seriously. Uh, the a sun part Jacksonville state was the best team, but Jacksonville state's transitioning to FBS. They're going to join conference USA. So they're irrelevant for this part of the conversation. Austin P was the top school uh, in the a sun that is staying in the a sun. They're at 151 Sagarin, which would again, put them a little bit above Northern Arizona, far below Idaho and Sagarin. So again, it's almost an entire conference of Northern Arizona's and Portland States. Uh, so, you know, the direction, cause I gotta, gotta connect this to Idaho. Okay. Martin, if you were presented with two options, because look, we, we mercifully have fewer people in the fan base making the FBS FCS distinction uh, material to talking about Idaho football, which is to say we have more people getting on board with, Hey, we are where we are. If realignment takes place, things may change, whatever. But more people are getting happy, better, more people are showing up to the games. Question for you, man. If you were given two options, Idaho gets to be where they're at, or Idaho accepts an invite to the WAC A Sun, as this conference says it's going to be FBS with no guarantee it's actually going to be FBS. Which would you rather have? I I'll take the stability after what we went through from 2012 to 2016 and so on was just not it was well it was fun being fbs but it just i'd rather take the stability in the big sky conference than whatever the clusterfuck shit show that the whack a sun's gonna be yeah jason mayor in the comment section saying tear talking three two one except jason the only problem here is because we've been an idaho show forever i've had that tear talk so many damn times that I don't care to have it until Idaho's actually moving into a tier. So you're correct. That is the direction. That's broadly the direction people feel like college football is moving right now. But this show is going to choose to skip that for the moment because the tiers aren't actually happening yet. Um, look, Martin, I'm hundred percent with you. I look through that potential schedule. Look, let me just bring up those teams again. Uh, that that are part of that that conference we got you know if i told you martin our schedule is going to be Stephen f austin they're not bad uh, abilene christian utah tech southern utah Tar tarleton state austin p eastern kentucky central arkansas north alabama ut rio grand valley would you take that over a big sky schedule oh god no it's just using a buzz using buzzwords here like it's good to have those regional rivals and just playing them over teams from like south south play schools from texas and louisiana and the east coast you know i made the joke about ed lamb being the compass because he coached at northern he's now coaching northern colorado had coached at southern utah and there's dallas hammer in the comment section this show works so much better when that dipshit dallas isn't talking uh maybe maybe kind of depends uh for this topic dallas i think you might not be wrong uh but made the ed lamb joke because he coached the two places the WAC A Sun covers the entire compass. We've got Southern Utah. We've got Eastern Kentucky. 
We, oh man, I'm wrong. We just barely missed it. We've got Central Arkansas and North Alabama. There needs to be a Western school, Western Oregon. We got four points on the compass, but we didn't get the four cardinal directions on the compass. So uh, yeah, I, look, Martin, I'm with you. There's a few teams on here that if Idaho plays them out of conference, I'm fine with. Like, hey, C- Central Arkansas, if you want to complain about Eastern Washington's red turf, go check out. Maybe Martin, while I'm talking, you can bring up a picture of Central Arkansas's uh, pajama-inspired turf, which is purple and gray. And I have no problem with the purple and gray turf. I would have no problem if Idaho had a home-and-home home with Central Arkansas so uh, our fans could get a good look at the purple gray striped turf in central Arkansas, but it'd be a game. I want a game against the team in that conference. I want to play Utah tech to pick up an OOC win. I want to pick up Southern Utah. So uh, we, and there, there he has it, Martin viewer listeners can't see it. Viewers can that purple and gray turf. That is not a joke. That is not a meme. That is what central Arkansas plays on. I actually don't mind it at all. Martin. Uh, what about you? I'll get back to bitching about the teams, but the, <laughs> Purple and gray turf. How do you feel about that? I, it's unique and better than that school in Southern Idaho. You're saying you prefer the purple and gray stripes over the hoarder corners of Holt Arena? Oh, no. I'm talking about Riverside Tech. Oh, Riverside Tech. My bad. My bad. You understand why I talked about the hoarder corners. Uh, Mark Triple P saying it's not blue in the comment thread. And look, dude, he's 100% right. Uh, in the comment section, Captain58 says, I wouldn't touch the Wack A Sun with a 10 foot pole. Give me the Snowbelt Conference, aka Top Big Sky, uh, Missouri Valley Football Conference, F- FBS. That Look, that's been a discussion for a while um, in podcast circles. There's a Twitter account called the Snowbelt Conference run by Andrew Schmidt. Uh, that's you know kind of made that a little bit more of a meme, but um, Captain Fifty Eight is getting at the basics when Martin and I are talking about it. We we want to be in a good conference. We're not obsessed with the that magical letter B is not something we think Idaho should be chasing at the expense of having a good schedule right now or being affiliated with the universities we want to be affiliated with now. Uh, two people in comment section: Jason Mayer and uh, Nick Weber, both saying uh, fields are supposed to be green. And look, you're, you're right. Except look, Eastern, look, Eastern's red turf has been a great marketing play for them. It's a very cheap marketing play. I actually bought a square of Eastern's red turf as a fundraiser and a spoiler alert for everyone. If you ever buy field turf as a fundraiser, just pre- be prepared to throw it away in a week because the pebbles underneath, like there's nothing in place to secure them because it's field turf. It's not a rug for your house. I bought a square of the field turf. I brought it into the school I work at. And uh, pretty quickly, my thought was, this is making my room gross as hell. I'm glad I made a $20 donation to Eastern Washington, but I am throwing this in the garbage and never buying it again. That said, if Idaho does it, I am definitely buying a, a bit of field turf. Uh, Nick Weber saying the veggies you're talking about are grayish brown mush. Correct. Uh, that's a response to the comment section. So um, before we we look, Big Sky football still going on. We need to talk Montana State in their playoff game, Martin, and you know hit a little bit. You know, there's only a couple FCS games left in the entire season. We gotta gotta pick those. Um, by the for those who missed the Sacramento State Incarnate Word game, uh, that was a fun as hell playoff. Watch, game. go watch the highlights. It was very entertaining. I just watched the highlights, but man, I wish I would have watched that whole game now. Watching the highlights from Incarnate Word is no different than watching them live. Incarnate Word scored six times in the second half in fewer than seven minutes of 
time of possession. It was it was just incredible. And Incarnate Word won by what three? Yeah, the one by three because Sacramento State uh, they could have kicked tie if their kicker had a seventy yard leg. So before we get to picking the big sky, gotta talk about our other favorite show sponsor, Nick Davis. Nick Davis do, does kick-ass metal work. Here's an original Nick Davis does. Uh, he d- did it in conjunction with Tubbs at the club. This is King Spud. This is King Spud with Jason Eck-inspired visor. Yes, we, we had a fashion research team for this. Uh, Nick Weber also makes makes signs like this. Metal, the kick-ass. Nick, Davis. Nick Weber, good God. Nick Davis, I apologize, Nick Weber, for accusing you of being Nick Davis. But Nick Davis does kick-ass metal work, does all does officially licensed University of Idaho stuff as well. If you contact Nick Davis on Twitter or Tubbs of the Club, at Tubbs of the Club on Twitter or Tubbs of the Club at gmail.com, if this is something you want, hit us up. The, the King Spud ones with shipping are 75 bucks. And it's supporting, I mean, it supports Tubbs of the Club, supports Nick Davis too. Nick Davis raises a shit ton of money for University of Idaho uh, for the Vandal Scholarship Fund. And he raises a ton of money for him because Nick Davis makes kick-ass vandal stuff. It's honestly better than you can get anywhere else. That's it for the sponsor. So final two, the two games we got to talk about, Martin. First, we've got Incarnate Word travels to North Dakota State for semifinal number one. Who do you have? As much as I want to say incarnate word just because their offense seems so much fun to watch i i i think north dakota state they've been there before they'll take care of business against incarnate word at north dakota state beat samford 27 to 9 and like here's my takeaway of watching incarnate word fun as hell quarterbacks real good aggressive play calling they can stop no one and north dakota state you have to expect they're going to have a slightly better defensive outing than Sac State did. Uh, even though Sac State defensively, they were not terrible this season in the Big Sky. They were top three statistically in the Big Sky, but clearly they didn't have what they needed in the secondary. And that's been Sac, that was Sac State's weakness all of season. And that's what was their undoing against Incarnate Word. Uh, weather, of course, in North Dakota State is a factor, except the North Dakota State plays in, well, sorry, Jason's saying whether it was a factor in the Incarnate Word Sacramento State game, it will not be a factor in North Dakota State inside the Fargo Dome. Um, I'm going to go North Dakota State because I look, I just think North Dakota State is going to be able to at least get a stop or two. And I think that's all they're going to need. Honestly, a single stop from Sacramento State could have been enough in the second half, but they couldn't do it. Um, the other semifinal. Montana State travels to South Dakota State. I this one. I it'll be. I think this one will come down to like I come down to the final possession, but I think South Dakota State pulls it out in the end. I'm gonna go the other direction. Like Montana State absolutely destroyed. William and Mary uh, 55 to seven in their quarterfinal and the Bobcats look on the ground. Montana state is just preposterous against William and Mary. The Bobcats actually threw a little bit, uh, 10 pat 11 pass attempts to go eight of 11 for 145 yards. But Hey, that's 145 yards passing on 11 attempts uh, on the ground. Look, Isaiah Afonso is back. He's still going to be, 
a red shirt for this season, but Isaiah Fonse, one of the most talented running backs in the big sky, he goes, rushes 11 times for 162 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, made it William and Mary, and they did remind big sky fans. East Coast teams in the FCS, they get the easier playoff routes because of regional scheduling. I don't think there's a defense left in the playoffs that's going to be able to handle Montana State. They're not the Bobcats are not that strong offense uh, defensively, but the Bobcats just run over everyone. Look, they made University of Montana the best rushing defense in the Big Sky heading into the last week of the season. They made University of Montana look like a whack a sun team. So the 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 Bobcats there. Brent Vegan, head coach, came from Wyoming via North Dakota State. Uh, where look, North Dakota State, they run the ball a ton. They're real sophisticated in their play calling in a way that a, a lot of schools are not. That's clearly part of Montana State's package. Montana State has two guys who are quarterbacks who can run very well. So that's additional uh complexity to Montana State offense. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Bobcats. I hate to say this because I'm not actually a Montana State fan. I don't know. I honestly think the championship is the Montana state, South Dakota state game. So I think whoever wins that game is going to beat the winner of North Dakota state incarnate word. So I'm going to go with Montana state. Um, that's it, man. Martin, we've got your, we've got your recruitment special next week, December 21st, where you're going to run through all the new vandals we have. And that's kind of our last regular football thing for a while. Uh, any other football stuff you want to hit on while we're trying to squeeze all the life we can out of, we're not talking that much about 2022 football. You know, we, we talked about the playoffs because so they're still going on, but all the you know new coaches, that's 2023. I just schedule that's 2023. Anything else you want to hit on before we call tonight? Uh, I got nothing really else. It's like important. Just like, I do want to just throw out reminders. Like, look, people that commit, like things can change. Don't get, overly hell-bent if a kid decides to go to a different school it's not the end of the world don't go don't be angry at what a 17 year old high school senior makes which he makes for his career so that's all i got and i'm excited for next wednesday's show it'll be fun I, the class is looking really good so far yeah in the comment section which i failed to hit talking about uh, montana state south dakota state uh, we've got nick weber says go Jacks. That's South Dakota state captain 58 says cats are looking good. Steve, Steve Kurtz says agree. Captain uh, Jason Mayer says South Dakota state is going to get punched in the face. Uh, captain 58. I like Martin's take, but my money is on touchdown. Tommy Bart Holt cats will lose. Cause I can't stand them. Bart Holt glad to have, have someone else who's not a big cat guy in the comments section. Um, so yeah, uh, mostly, mostly Montana state, but a little bit split on South Dakota state. I uh, just want to thank everyone for coming to listen. Uh, Dallas had a uh, had a minor thing he had to take care of. He should be back Wednesday the 21st for the uh, signing day special. And you know, I want to echo what Martin's saying, which is look, so part of why we spend time going over the recruits is, one, so that each year you guys know the new guys coming in. But look, year in, year out, we get the new recruits. People should be excited because, hey, it's new vandals coming in. Most of these guys we're not going to hear about for a couple of years, but if you listen and keep listening, you're going to find some names that do pop up that you, that you heard on signing day, or you might hear them a couple of years from now. So I don't have much else to add there, man. Uh, thank you everyone for joining. And uh, honestly, man, 
I can't wait to kick it to the Picasso of outro. You can, like for viewers, you can see Martin. You got a little smile on his face right now. It's creeping wider and wider. He <laughs> he has his lineup ready. He's ready to shut me up by just clicking on the video. This is Go. producer Brian doing a terrible job of even finding what we're going to play us out with. So I'm just going, we're just going to call it good. See you guys Tuesday.